Uh, and uh, last night we did take a giant step. Uh, I'd like to thank the EDC and the Downtown Partnership and all of the local uh, uh, people that uh, came out and, and neighbors uh, that came out and helped us. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet at WFPR.FM and in the local FM radio dial at 102.9. There was a town council meeting last night, so we're doing town council quarterbacking this Thursday morning. Town council chair, newly reelected town council chair. Congratulations, sir. Tom Mercer, happy Thursday. Thank you, Steve. And uh, it's nice to be back again. And it's nice to be uh, sitting in the chair uh, once again. So uh, I look forward to the oncoming, ongoing challenges uh, we have. And uh, I obviously thank my fellow counselors for their continued support. Indeed. Yeah, I think the um, it, it was good. There were really no surprises, at least from my observational point of view. I think the council this year has worked well. The votes haven't always been, you know, unanimous. That's okay. That's that's yeah. the democratic process working. Um, but I think you and Delarco and Jones have worked together in those roles, and it made sense to kind of continue. There was no real yeah. need, at least from my observation, of kind of changing the horse in midstream, so to speak. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and that's really, I think, kind of how the entire council felt. So so it's all good and we move forward. And being mindful of time, et cetera. And oh, for the listeners, sorry. I, thank you for listening. <laughs> and if you're new, come back. Uh, what we'll attempt to do is while the meeting last night was like two hours and 20 minutes, we're going to condense it for you. So 20, 30 minutes, you'll get a condensed version of what happened on the meeting. You can certainly go to YouTube, Franklin TV, our archives, et cetera, uh, to listen to the video. Check out franklin.news and get those links if you can't find them elsewhere. Um, and we'll condense. So, yeah, we kind of jumped right into the election of offices. So you get renewed. But then you had three license transactions uh, from your ABCC alcohol role, two of which were kind of the regular occurrences. And the third one was a little bit more of a discussion. So we'll take those uh, one at a time. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, obviously, the the first license uh, transaction was a uh, change of manager modification, which is required to come before us when a manager of an establishment changes. Uh, and this is kind of a, one that happens quite frequently uh, across the different uh, licenses that are out there. So there was a change of manager at uh, three restaurant and uh, uh, they were there in attendance last night. So uh, we, adjusted or modified that license to reflect the new change in manager. Yep. And then and Big the Y had a one, similar change. Yeah. The second one was uh, similar, only it was uh, Big Y who uh, had a change in manager at the Franklin location. So therefore they had to come in 
same thing uh, with a change of manager, and it had to be approved by the council. And the new manager and uh, uh, attorneys for Big Y were in attendance last night. So uh, that uh, license modification was uh, changed and voted through uh, as well. And as mentioned last night, and we'll get into it a little more in the third item, but uh, Table and Vine technically owns the licenses and is a wholly owned subsidiary servicing within the big Y structure. Um, so yeah, there's that's part of their branding. They do things a little differently where they can on the alcohol and liquor licenses, et cetera. But yeah, beer and wine in this case. And then they were looking for the all alcohol license on that third one. Yes. Uh, and uh, basically what they were looking for uh, was a transfer of license and a change of location. And uh in this particular case, uh, uh, Village Mall uh, Liquors, which is up on the other end of town uh, in Franklin Village Plaza, uh, uh, is going out of business. They are the current license holder of an all-alcohol license. And Big Y, uh, or Table and Vine, excuse me, uh, is looking to buy that license from uh, Village Mall Liquors and move it to uh, East Central Street to the Big Y location. And uh, uh, they came in with their uh, legal team as well as their manager and uh, uh, addressed uh, why they felt that this was uh good for the community and um i uh, uh then there were two or three uh people in the audience uh because it was a public hearing and uh we got an opportunity to uh, listen to them as to uh, their concerns. And one was uh, representing uh, uh, Franklin Liquors, which is right down the street. And the other one was Davida's Market, which is right down the street, who both hold uh, all alcohol licenses. And then uh, Shaw's Supermarket, which has a beer and wine license similar to uh, Table and Vine uh, at Big Y currently holds. So anyway, there was one of the things that's hard for people to, a lot of people to understand is what uh, uh, people look at competition and competition is not a legal reason for the council to deny uh, this type of request. Uh, but it does, uh, we do have some authority and I took the time to do a little homework and went back into a prior license that we had refused and 
uh, the ABC uh, Alcoholic Beverage Commission came back to us and made us look at it again and uh, ultimately uh, approve. Uh, but in that uh, decision, they stated some of the reasons that were viable for a licensing, a local licensing authority to deny. And, and I'll just read it very quickly. And it's a local licensing authority has discretion to determine public convenience, public need, and public good with respect to whether to grant a license to sell alcoholic beverages. A local board exercises very broad judgment about, about public convenience and public good with respect to whether to issue a license to sell all alcoholic beverages. It's well settled that the test for public need indicates an assessment of public want and the appropriateness of a liquor license at that particular location. And I believe the council's concern, as well as, uh, and, and it was certainly my concern, because I had actually uh, gone to a GIS people and asked for uh, just how close each of these licenses were, because as you can't deny it for competition, you can deny for concentration based upon uh, the need of the community. So, you know, if you look at uh, from Big Y to Franklin Liquors, it's like 348 feet from one location to the other. If you look at Franklin Liquors to Shaw's, similar. It's mm -hmm. like 300, uh, 350 feet. Uh, Big Y to Shaw's is 880 feet. And Davidas to Franklin Liquors, 1,400 feet. Big Y to Davidas Market is 1,928 feet, which is very close concentration right. of uh, uh, liquor licenses. And uh, it was the feeling of the council that uh, there really wasn't a community need for an additional license in that location. And on that premise is uh, why the council denied uh, that transfer of license. Yeah, interesting. And, and certainly I frequent Big Y, also go to Shaw's, also go to Franklin Liquor. Embarrassingly, haven't been to Davidas as much as I'd like. Um, but yeah, I think concentration is one of the keys there. Uh, while it was interesting that they did reference, you know, customers' request, which I respect, um, they didn't give any quantification, which I think kind of hurt them to that extent. Um, if they had done some sort of survey or whatever, it, it would have been another piece of data, may not have tipped the scale, but. Um, I think the argument overall is you've elucidated in terms of concentration, public need, public good. Um, we'll we'll see because I think the other fear, certainly some of the uh, other 
license holders referenced as well as if Big Y does this, then both Shaw's and Stop and Chop potentially would also look for similar to be more competitive at that level. Um, and that's where some of the concentration, some of the competitiveness also comes back. <laughs> you know, yeah. even though we you can't differentiate on competition, that's still a factor. It, it can't be ignored. Right. Yeah. And then the next item on the agenda, unfortunately, ended up getting rescheduled because the presentation technology just wasn't cooperating properly. Exactly. Uh, and uh, uh, very unfortunately, and I felt bad for uh, Vicki Earls, uh, who had come to present the presentation on the National Register Historic Districts in Franklin. Uh, and but we have rescheduled. So uh, the technology, as you stated, uh, didn't really uh, uh, work for us uh, or work for them uh, last night. So we'll move that to a future agenda. It'll either be on the next uh, uh, agenda in November or we'll move it to the first one in December. Uh, I know we were pretty loaded in November. So we'll see yeah, how that works out. But we will... Really that will come back. So. Yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting presentation, although right. the time sensitivity, given some of your other business, is not as critical. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then while we're at it, certainly apologies to the listeners and any watchers last night. There were some technical difficulties with the broadcast initially, but then that seemed to clear up. Uh, folks from the studio will be checking that out as to what happened <laughs> and try and make sure that it doesn't reoccur. And uh, we'll go forward that way. Yeah. And then you had uh, an approval for the town to make an application through DPW to the state for some free money. And, you know, free money, free money, that's that's always a good thing to get, right? We accept that from anybody and everybody. Uh, it's really a good thing. And, and this uh, uh, is a situation where uh, we're trying to get, redo some of our, water lines and there are and not just so that people i uh, don't want people to get the wrong idea there there's some lead elbows which are a lot different than lead pipe and it's not lead pipe right uh there are still some lead elbows from the old days when uh that's what was being used and this is an opportunity for us to uh, outlay some money that will be uh, forgiven uh, in replacing some of these, identifying where they are, and then we will be uh, replacing uh, those water lines uh, or those elbows uh, when we get to those street uh, changes. Obviously, we're not going to dig up a street with that we're not repairing as well mm -hmm. and placing lines. So uh, this is a good thing. It's uh, really at no cost to uh, the community. Uh, it's just an initial outlay that then gets forgiven. Yeah, and from my perspective, obviously, <laughs> observationally, you've made – and that even before your role uh, the town council over time, town administration over time, DPW in particular has made a significant effort on their water line, sewer line 
maintenance and replacement process. So they've got to continue funding to do that, which all the users, whether water fees or sewer fees, also pay for. To the extent that we get now free money to them formalizing the inventory, you know, and then making that a portal available to the you to us, the residents, to see where are the connections and what kind of connections are left. You know, they've already been making a great deal so that there are no quote pipes that we know of, just these elbows and or connections. Um, but having the inventory in place now be we'll be able to rest assured. And oh, by the way, if there was one or two, then that'll be part of the prioritization list to, as you mentioned, to 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 get done. Yeah, exactly. Nothing wrong with that. No. And sliding into the other kind of free money, the community continues to be uh, gracious in sharing their funds with a couple of the departments. And you recognize the gift acceptances last night accordingly. Yes. Uh, you know, it's always uh, our community is so supportive of uh, our different uh uh, departments and in this particular case, Veteran Services received a generous donation of eighteen hundred and forty-five dollars. The Fire Department uh, received a donation of four hundred and eighty-six dollars. And again, we just can't thank the community enough for their ongoing and and local businesses for their ongoing support of our community as a as a whole. So. We thank them very much. Mm. And the last item of significance, effectively, we can summarize <laughs> in one word, but it was really four separate bylaw second reading approvals. But parking, which has been a rather extensive conversation in the past several months, but maybe a little less so going forward. Who knows? Um, but, you know, government works sometimes slowly. And with the approvals, there will still be some changes coming, but we'll have additional time to assist in the communication as to when they take effect. Exactly. And uh, last night, uh, I think we took a giant step forward. Uh, I know I've been on the council 12 years, and uh, I can tell you that Parking uh, has been on an agenda every one of those 12 years, if not on multiple. Uh, and uh, last night, we did take a giant step. I'd like to thank the EDC and the Downtown Partnership and all of the local uh, uh, people that uh, came out and, and neighbors uh, that came out and helped us uh, put what we brought forward last night as some uh, bylaw changes to our parking. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, or as short as we can, uh, basically what it amounts to is uh, we're at two-hour parking uh, downtown. Uh, we're making more uh, spots available in the municipal lots, which are basically Deep, uh, down by the depot in the Ferraris market. Uh, uh, we do have Davis there and the library, which we didn't uh, uh, do anything with in, in those particular cases. Uh, and we did uh, put a uh, stop to overnight parking in downtown. And uh, basically, uh, you won't be able to park after 2 o'clock, uh, 2 a.m. You will 
have to be off the streets uh, of downtown. And this is to prevent uh, a lot of the overnight parking uh, that's going on downtown. Some of it is the college. Uh, and in this particular case, uh, it affects some of the businesses that open very early in the morning, uh, the coffee shops and the uh, uh, the big work, big yeah downtown. Uh, they don't. Uh, they open very early, but if all the uh, parking spots are full, uh, it makes it difficult uh, for their clientele to get in there. So, this at least will open up those spots early in the morning uh, and make them available to to the community. In addition to that, we've gone from. Uh, uh, in the municipal lots, we're uh, looking for a little longer term and though parking and we'll be setting that up. Uh, the town administrator uh, has the authority to adjust the fees. That's one of the pieces that was voted last night. And with the approval last night, now the order for those kiosks that will come in um, will be placed. And that's part of the reason why that uh, the bylaws are effective July 1, 2023, because it's anticipated that with the potential uh, backlog for those kiosks, they'd have enough time to arrive, be installed, go through the rudimentary checks, et cetera, before they actually start charging people next July. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, and that, uh, uh, that was, you know the sh very short version a very of a very hard project or a hard piece of legislation to get together and as i said i can't thank the uh edc who spent uh many hours uh working with the community uh to get this legislation before the council and again is this uh a hundred percent the fix have we satisfied everybody no uh that's not uh that's not the case and there's always going to be some that will be un unhappy for one reason or another but in my tenure and i think uh councillor jones uh spoke to it last night in his tenure uh and he obviously is a member of the edc uh, committee, subcommittee. This is the best legislation that uh, we've been able to come up with to bring forward to the council for a vote in a very long time. And it was uh, 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 neat to see last night as we were talking about it, uh, the town administrator, uh, made a comment about an individual in the neighborhood uh, who hope, he hoped was watching and hopefully uh, was very pleased with the past legislation. And within like two minutes, he had emailed uh, the town administrator saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. So so those are, those are the good things sometimes. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And I think the, the compromise, what created this good deal I think you're structured now with the town administrator setting the rates. 
coordination with Dean ongoing for the Dean student in the parking with the neighborhood. But that, while on the one hand, you created the fine structure, which the resident was so appreciative of, the other communication with Dean students is an ongoing piece. But now Dean's got their new management in there and that's happening. So, yeah, it'll, it takes time, but people will gradually uh, become aware there's better parking. There's more parking. If I want a quick in and out, park here. If I want to stay a little longer, park there. Yeah, it'll work. I I, I do believe it will, and uh, I just ask the community for their patience uh, as we get this uh, up and running. And uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that we aren't going to need to tweak a little here and there, um, but that's the way it is, and that's. Uh, and we can do that. So, and we're not opposed to doing that. But we needed to get the general legislation done, which we did. And I'm very happy that we did. Yeah. And in addition to the thanks, uh, certainly Chief Lynch and his staff, because they did a bunch of uh, research on Absolutely. both the activities, and they'll be going forward with uh, enforcement, including, I believe, one of the other delay pieces was they have to redo their ticket books to, <laughs> to include the different fees, et cetera. So. And that's hence why, uh, you know, it starts on March, uh, March 1st versus uh, immediately. So mm -hmm. uh, we need time to do that. And to your point, obviously, a, a great, a lot of thanks goes out to uh, Chief, Chief Lynch, as well as Lieutenant Riley, uh, who have put hours and hours and hours uh, into uh, these parking issues that we've had uh, over the years. So uh, we really do appreciate the police uh, admin, as well as all of the police and the de entire department in uh, helping us to uh, get this legislation through. So thank you. Yeah. As we close, the only other piece we hadn't discussed, um, and we will have time because this should come out before in enough time. So if you haven't already voted early or by mail, election day is Tuesday, November 8th. So we would certainly encourage everybody to take and do their civic duty. Absolutely. Please get out there and vote. It is your right and you should be exercising your right. And uh, town clerk uh, in the video provided some updates, including I think it was what, 7,400 ballots had been mailed out. She's already got 5,000 back. So yeah. we're at a good pace to potentially break what we normally would do in terms of a turnout for state level elections. So that's all good. That's good thing. The good stuff. Uh, uh, and that's what needs to be done. We need to get out there and vote. Well, thank you for taking time to make this condensation for the listeners and voters. And uh, it'll be a couple of weeks this time around, um, but that's OK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that that is a good thing. And uh, obviously, I look forward to our next session, which uh, will be in two weeks, two weeks. Yeah, indeed. So thank you again to the listeners. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Uh, and quick other reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? 
If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.